Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PaySpot Patreon Podcast Network. The PaySpot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be an NPR-style game show. Okay, sounds good, James B. Each week, our hosts talks to a random panel of special guests who each guess who they think the Hobgoblin is. And after 150 episodes, you actually find out who it is. Listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me for three years on the PacePod Patreon Podcast Network. Uh, not sure about that, but today, James B., I'm so pleased to invite back our friend that would never fail a physics final because she is a scientist herself. Dana is back. Physics is no problem, right, Dana? How have you been? Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be back. That sounds like an interesting podcast. I love a good game show. Jeopardy is my go-to, so definitely we'll listen to that, James V. This is actually, believe it or not, my one-year anniversary of being on the podcast. I had my very first debut on May 16th of 2022, and listeners, if you want to listen to that episode, that would be episode 86, discussing Marvel Team-Up 18 to 20. I'm just glad Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man is way far from the Savage Land this time around and back in good old New York City. It's a great issue to come home to. Well, great to have you back. I don't, were you going to listen for three years to the podcast, Dana? That's, that's what's going to happen? Is it all three years for the game show? I'm in. What about you? <laughs> I don't know about that. From February of 1983, Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 75. Farai Naturai. Which apparently means Wild Beasts. Written by Bill Mantlo with Al Mingram and Jim Mooney. Nice co-presenting that intro. Uh, the Black Cat is back. Spider-Man gives her a big smooch. Then demands the story of how she survived what seemed to be a watery grave. The cat tells the story of how Doc Ock's scuba lackeys took her hostage in an underwater hideout. This is after she fell into the water, all wept up, and Spider-Man couldn't find her. But the cat slipped out of the hideout and decided to foul Doc Ock's plans, which are to kill every man, woman, and child in New York. So the cat steals the trigger Ock was seeking for a neutron bomb from the kingpin. There's a great line here from the narrator that says, he was laughing like a bowl full of jelly, in reference to the kingpin. Roger Stern and all the other writers can't squeeze enough fat jokes into any storyline that has the poor big man himself. Speaking of fat, I'd like to talk about a cat. This is my first time reading a comic featuring the black cat, and I gotta say, I really like Felicia. Like, she's a really cool character. I dig that she's a kleptomaniac. She's resourceful. She's handy. She stole the issues MacGuffin with ease. And at the end, well, since she's in the water, I guess cats can't swim after all that well. So, In this book, we've had two villains, which is always a James B. Plus. A smooch from the black cat. Oh, I love my little romance for Peter. Eddie, just keep going with this one, please. Having escaped Ock and stolen from the kingpin, Felicia requests Spider-Man to protect her. Spidey jauntily swings off with the cat in his arms, back to her place where, just as she's slipping into something more comfortable, Doc Ock crashes through the wall. The multi-tentacled villain is too much for Spidey, and Ock makes off in a helicopter with both Felicia and the neutron bomb trigger before Spidey can stop them. Spidey heads off to see the kingpin. 
Yeah, and he sees the kingpin, and the kingpin says, I'm going to help you out, Spider-Man, and tell you all, the, all this information, and here's why. Because he wants Doc Ock to not succeed. He explains to the reader that the owl wants to hold the city hostage with this bomb, and Doc Ock actually wants to set off this bomb. So there's a real threat of Doc Ock being much more menacing than the owl, which is going to keep going throughout all the issues today in our podcast. Well, the kingpin directs Spidey to the Ox area where he finds Ock and his men attacking to gain possession of the neutron bomb. So the owl has the bomb and the Ock has the trigger to set it off. Ock badly injures the owl. And when the black cat meddles in his plans, Ock crashes her against a wall. Enraged, Spidey rips Ock's arms off and we end with Spider-Man holding a woozy Felicia. Now, this is easily the best Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man book I have read up until this point. It's one of the top Spider-Man books I have ever read doing this with you. Uh, there's so much fighting between Doc Ock and the Owl. It's just great. And then Spider-Man's fighting with Doc Ock, which is also great. And then you got Felicia. I'm really feeling her danger that she's in. New York is in danger in the background. And as you mentioned, Spider-Man rips off Doc Ock's arms. This book is... Like, you know, 9 out of 10 on it makes a great story. Um, this is just so good. I'm, I'm just so excited about this. And what a great way to start off this podcast. Does anybody agree with me on this? Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering, James B., did you actually own this cover or this issue? I actually own two copies of this one. Oh, so good. I, no yeah, wonder, it's a great no issue. Wonder, I agree. No wonder we're doing this podcast if this <laughs> you were reading this great story because there's a lot of good things in here. All the things you mentioned. Yeah, I think I've mentioned it that you had much better cartoon shows in your generations and yes. much worse comic books. And I had terrible cartoon shows and great comic books. And the next great comic book was from March of 1983. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 76 at Death's Door. Once again, by Mantlo, Milgram, and Mooney. Spears. Bullets. And anything else else the owl and Doc Ock's goons can toss at the black cat and Spider-Man rain down upon them as a Spidey holds a woozy cat. Doc Ock writhes in pain nearby, having had his tentacles severed by Spidey, but Ock is able to control his severed appendages well enough to pin the black cat against a wall, and there the henchman... riddle her with bullets. There are bullets in the black cat's outfit. There's blood. This is an intensely drawn scene. Yeah, what a iconic imagery. And I just feel so sorry for Felicia. You know, she was one of my favorite parts of this issue. And I feel like since she's kind of out of commission, like she's not going to be able to fight with Spider-Man for this big forthcoming battle that's coming up in New York. And then I noticed like, I think Ox like henchmen in the background and they're wearing what appears to be like green and purple suits. It's just all I can say is that the costume department on Spider-Man slacking again, like we're using the same outfits for everything, like the goblins, henchmen and Ox. Yeah, they, they need a new costume person. I, I'm going to recommend uh, Melvin the Gladiator. I'll let you know a little bit more about him later. They, they probably got a discount. He was like, hey, I just sold like 100 of these to the other guy. <laughs> I'll change the color. These are yours. Uh, also, well. Felicia brings up a good point here. Um, she mentions to, 
I guess herself or Spider-Man, is this the price I have to pay for being good? And I agree because there's a conflict there of morals of Peter dating someone who is actually not quote unquote good, but more kind of in between or an anti-hero, if you will. And I'm wondering what you thought of how does, you know, Peter's relationship with the black cat even compare to his relationships we've seen with Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy, who are more good? Well, Eddie, you think about that for a moment, and I'll just address the question. Is this the price they have to pay for being good? I'd like to know at what point Felicia is being good because she's still stealing stuff, you know, stealing from the kingpin. You might say, oh, she's doing it because she's trying to save the city. No, there's always something in it for her. So I'm not really sure she's quote unquote being good. But Eddie, you want to address the situation about his relationship status? Well, it's it's a much more complex relationship because obviously Felicia is a much more dynamic character having a super villain, we could say, personality that is both mixed with her normal Felicia personality. So I think there's a greater risk for Spider-Man here, but that's probably why he's so attracted to her at the same time. And it is an intense attraction, too. He can't really help himself when he gets around Felicia. So Mary Jane, she's sassy. She doesn't put up with Peter's bad whatever you want to call it. And Gwen Stacy, she was always just kind of on Peter's side for the most part. So it's it's much more complex. Uh, wrathful. Spider-Man tosses ox arms into the river and punches out all the henchmen with lightning speed. He grabs Felicia and swings her to the hospital. There, Spidey puts Felicia's fate into the ER staff's hands. He will not know the fate of his lover immediately because he must swing to ESU and take Dr. Sloan's final exam in physics. I find it hard to believe he could take an exam, but the book does an admirable job of trying to show this. I know, right? Some graduate student Parker is. I mean, did he even take his quals to qualify for being a graduate student? Also, I thought that Professor or Dr. Sloan looks a lot like Stanley. I don't know if you guys thought that. Hmm. Totally agree. <laughs> well, upon completing the exam, Peter rushes past his fellow grad students back to the hospital. There he finds an unconscious Felicia and begins to weep, thinking of all the people he's been unable to save. But Felicia wakes, and Spidey rejoices as we change scenes to see a manic Doc Ock having his arms reattached while uttering ominous threats at all his enemies. Yeah, Doc Ock asks to have his arms reattached without any kind of sedation so he can feel the pain. Oh, it's he's so evil. It's so good right now. Spider-Man is really embracing his new relationship with Felicia. Uh, let's see what happens to her in the next book, Dana. Certainly. From April of 1983, Stan Lee presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 77, Relapse Times 2, by Al Milgram, Jim Mooney, and Joe Rosen. I know we don't talk about the ads much in these comics that we're reading, but this issue starts with a Cracker Jack ad, and it was so fun and nostalgic to look at. Yeah, it also has little sketches of all the contributors of like the little faces and stuff. Yes, I noticed that too. I love whenever the creators break the fourth wall. I think it's really cool. Are you feeling nostalgic, too, because this is like your one-year anniversary? Definitely. I feel it. Let's get back to the book. When some two-bit hoods on the lamb take refuge in a costume shop, uh, the owner is Melvin Potter, he must save himself and his business by once again donning the costume that made him infamous. Melvin is, of course... The Gladiator. Eddie, three podcasts ago... 
as our special 175th episode, we had a special, you know, Daredevil episode. Do you remember that? Yes, of course. Well, we discussed the Gladiator, and he was a member of Daredevil Foes, the original Emissaries of Evil. We don't have a lot of time because we're covering so many books, but can you name any of the other four? Okay. Uh, Electro. Uh, Stiltman. Uh, Frogman, right? Yes. Leapfrog, sure. Leapfrog. And... The last one's the hardest one. You're not, you're not going to get it. Let's We'll save the listeners a lot of pain here. Jeez. His name is The Matador. He was not Oh, that's right. as prominently. But, nice uh, job, Eddie. Thank you. Well, The Matador is very forgettable. <laughs> Back at the book, across town at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, Spuddy rests uneasily next to the comatose black cat, but he's abruptly awoken when Doc Ock crashes through the window. The battle is brief with Spider-Man defeated, but instead of finishing his prey off there and then, Ock declares he will return in 24 hours to kill the lovers, leaving them to wait in fearful anticipation. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like Scott Evil when he says, like, just kill him right now. Why are you waiting 24 hours? You got him. But all these villains now are trying to be that whole uh, Frank Miller kingpin level of dark. He's really going to wait those 24 hours and make him sweat it out. And Felicia is correct. This is Spider-Man's number one foe right now, Doc Ock. As Spidey is attempting to swing home to prepare for the battle with Ock, he comes across Gladiator and his inadvertent posse taking pot shots at the police. Spidey subdues the gang, and although Gladiator briefly loses his mind, Spidey avoids his buzzsaws long enough to jolt Gladiator back to reality before he gets in any real legal trouble. The police take away the two-bit gang, Gladiator thanks Spider-Man for help, and the book ends. James B., there's a scene in the hospital while Spidey is reclining in a web hammock next to Felicia. I don't like to get into the nitty-gritty here too often but how long does spider-man's webbing last for yeah i spent a little bit of time trying to think about that that was a nice catch i agree spider-man's probably not re-webbing his hammock but he could be shooting up new webs every hour while he's sitting there an unrestful sleep (laughs) i was focused more on the fact that the gladiator is thanking spider-man and saying hey i'll fix your costumes and i'm thinking great that solves a lot of problems so i have to watch peter stitching things uh, all the time these books we just talked about were okay. I think the books 75 was great. We just listened to 76 and 77. I think they start to slowly get not as strong. And that next book is from May of 1983. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 78, The Long Goodbye, this time by Mantlo, Milgram, and Moody. Spidey is once again in the hospital at Felicia's side. Felicia has visions of her father warning her of his evil ways, which wake her from slumber. She declares she'll go straight to Spider-Man. With the thought of his looming battle against Doc Ock, Spidey leaves Gene DeWolf to protect Felicia while he swings to the bugle to sell some photos. Peter is super bossy, listeners, uh, about his money in the photos. It's kind of unbecoming. He's trying to make it sound like he deserves this money, but he's a little bit of a jerk about it, I think. (laughs) Well, with cash in his account... Mostly for Aunt May's boarding house, uh, Peter heads to ESU where he is harassed by his colleagues for being apathetic towards his studies. This prompts Peter to declare he is done with grad school. Peter bumps into Flash, Shawshan, Harry, and Liz and has lunch with them, departing with dire predictions of his future. Uh, He visits Aunt May to hug her and tell her he loves her and then returns to Felicia. There, Spider-Man attempts to reveal his identity to Felicia 
but she doesn't allow him to, with his spider sense intensifying. He launches out the window to grapple with Doc Ock, and the book ends. Wow, that was a close one. Peter has famously always revealed his true identity to the people closest to him, and I think it's admirable that Felicia likes to keep the mystery going. It definitely keeps their romance alive and well. Well, let's see if the romance continues in the next book, which is from June of 1983. Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 79, The Final Battle, by Bill Mantlo, Al Milgram, and Jim Mooney. Open battle that has now been building over the course of the last four books. Doc Ock versus Spider-Man. Ock's tentacles are new and improved, and Spidey quickly realizes he can't handle him as well as he did the last time they met. Spidey yells to Captain DeWolf to get Felicia out of the hospital before Ock seizes her. Having already seen the tide of the battle, DeWolf had Felicia loaded into an ambulance. <laughs> ambulance. <laughs> I just want to interrupt here for a minute and tell you, Eddie, that I was expecting the summary to be 24 pages of fighting and I, I can't believe how many notes you wrote on this book. This is just a big fight. But <laughs> there is. was there was one thing in the middle. Now, a couple podcasts ago, I think it was like five or so, there was an amazing pun at the end about developments and you didn't laugh at it. But here there's a uh, visual play of words on page four where they're fighting each other and they go behind an x-ray machine and you can see their insides. And the caption from Spider-Man is, let's see what you're really made of. Did you like that one better? Uh, you know, I when I listened to that podcast, I thought I just probably wasn't paying close enough attention there. Sorry, James B. Uh, it is emphasized in an extra blue outline and seeing their skeletons behind the x-ray machine. Yes, it's a, it's a full page. I rather enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I like this so much that I tweeted an image of it on May 29th, so everyone who follows us can check it out there. Well, moving on from the x-ray machine, Ock goes to the elevator and snaps the cable uh, while Spidey goes after the ambulance carrying Felicia into Wolf, uh, who's in her Doonesburg. Ock further distracts Spidey by breaking off a chimney, sending bricks flying at bystanders below. This keeps Spidey from catching up to his undulating enemy, who is quickly gaining on the ambulance. Yeah, there were a lot of puns in this fight. I appreciated them, James V. There was also one in the elevator, and it was like he cut the cable, and it was going down. And he was like, you have to come down. So you could count that as a pun, if you will. <laughs> and I also do love all the car and train chases, and then seeing Doc scale the side of a building. It was very Raimi-esque. I have a hard time re reading that closely in a battle. I'm trying to get to the end of it. I'm like, okay, I get it. They're fighting. This is... Family Guy fans, the chicken fighting Peter Long. It went on forever. It never stopped. I do appreciate the fact that it never stopped, but come on. It's just one big fight. Did you think, Dana, this was the big battle to end all battles? It was kind of anticlimactic for me personally. It wasn't the ground-shattering battle that the writers were predicting for issues leading up to this. So, yeah, I would agree with you, James B. Well, let me finish the books off here. Eventually, uh, though, Spidey catches up to Ock in a rail yard, and although Ock is able to stop a freight train, he is unable to keep the newly constructed skeleton of a skyscraper from collapsing onto him. In a noble act of valor, Spidey swings in to save Ock, who has exhausted himself too much to continue the fight, and Spidey cocoons him... <laughs> <laughs> 
and exclaims, Ock will never beat him as he swings off. I I was bothered a little bit by Doc Ock's outfit. Did anybody see what he looked like? There goes that costume department slacking again, Eddie. He's got like a, uh, what can we say, like a loincloth that's like <laughs> jangling in front of his crotch region. I, I, what is supposed to be happening here? Does he have an apron on now? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm proud to say that I did not notice any of this. Really? I found it so distracting. Every time we got a close-up of Doc Ock, it's like his... I found it very distracting. Poorly. It's not even Ed Hannigan, too, James B. <laughs> <laughs> Second time that Spider-Man saves a villain and the villain's annoyed about it. Like It just happened uh, with Stiltman in Amazing Spider-Man 237. Same kind of problem. <laughs> Saving the villains. He's just a good guy. That's all, James B. Well, we just kind of blasted through all these books in a row. Why don't we take a minute and just do a quick, hey, you know, what did you think of these five books? Eddie, we'll let you go first so Dana has a chance to gather her thoughts better. I, like you, James B., really enjoyed the early books. There was a lot of kind of complex storytelling. Felicia was in the mix, which created an added risk to Spider-Man. He always kind of needs this when he's fighting a villain like the Owl, even though he barely fights him. Because Let me interrupt you here a little more. But what did you think of this? Put them all together. What did you think of this arc? The Doc Ock versus Owl versus Spider-Man arc. I'm kind of ready for a new character to go through the motions here. I think we've seen Doc Ock fight Spider-Man quite a few times in a similar fashion. It It was okay. I didn't like that the owl survived. I think the owl dying would have added like a lot to this. If you're not going to kill Felicia, kill the owl. Give me some buddy's death so I can be like, wow, this was an amazing thing. And the character lost their life along the way too. Not just Doc Ock had his arms ripped off, they were put back on again. And then Spider-Man's like, yeah, you can never defeat me. See you later, loser. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of like, right. wait, what happened? And, and, and no Felicia's in the hospital. I get it. And that's in the other other books they're even referencing it but you know we know she's gonna get out so dana what'd you think of these uh, books you had to read a little bit beforehand we had you read like seven to get you yeah i had prepared. to catch up some i think they should have used felicia like i didn't like her being out for the count i thought like, a tag team thing would have been cool because i like how sh- she'll steal things and like she kind of cheats the rules and like i wanted to see kind of that street level daredevils here like spider-man fighting i also like when the writers give Spider-Man a huge dilemma. Either you have the cure in one direction to save Felicia and then you save the city or the neutron bomb in the other direction. I think that making him think on his feet really fast is a cool aspect. In these books, how many times do you think Felicia was being held by Doc Ock in his tentacles? How many how many panels do you think? Fifteen. I was gonna say ten. Uh, I would take the over and uh, I'll I'll just check I'm just checking book 75 right now, just one book, you know, and and I'm like, one, two, three. Oh, he's dropping her there, so she's safe. You know, oh, he gets her again. Four, five, six. He's got her with two tentacles in that one. Yeah, he's got her a lot. He's holding her all the time. He's literally escaping with her. He's running around with her. So, yeah. I think they just like to draw her because she's hot. You are probably correct, <laughs> Dana. <laughs> but is she hotter than Frances de Leon, the Canadian <laughs> secretary? <laughs> That's the real question for Eddie. I don't remember her. Oh, neither do I. We should probably oh. move on. Well, 
Eddie, if people want to write in to remind Dana who Frances de Leon is and how you feel about her, how could they reach us? You can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. Or you could probably ask them to not email you that specific thing, I suppose. But I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And... Dana. And remember, listeners, that Let's Read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. PacePot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be a show about dancers training for a reality show. Finally, something that sounds very good, James B., each week, watch Doc Ock grab Felicia Hardy and carry her comic after comic, page after page, mile after mile, with complex maneuvers as they prepare to compete on ABC's show. Listen to Dancing with the Arms on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. A pun! A pun gets us in the end, huh? Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. From February right. of 1983, <laughs> Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 75. Ooh, what is this word? Uh, Eddie? Feral? Is that how you say it? Dan- Wait, hold on. It's like Dana smarter than us. Dana, Farai what is- You know what? You can... Yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll- <laughs> Let's do it's that again. Let's, Let's do that again it. and you just say the word when it comes up, okay? Here okay. we go. <clears throat> From February of 1983, Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 75. Farai Naturai. Which apparently means Wild Beasts. Written by Bill Mantlo with Al Mingram and Jim Mooney. Nice co-presenting that intro.